let's continue to worship. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I decided I'm going to get live for Jesus and uh, I'm going to get baptized and I want everybody to come see me because look at me and look what I'm doing. That's not what Jonathan is doing today. Jonathan is saying, I believe God's covenant promise. I believe that he has worked in my heart. I believe that Jesus is guiding my steps. I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving me and I am going to obey and I am going to be baptized. God commands it, but it's not based on his intentions, but it's based on God's promises. So baptism isn't a magic potion. It doesn't do anything to the person inside. I know some faiths believe that. But uh, the evangelical faith, what we believe the scripture teaches, is that baptism is just our obedience to God's promise and to God's command. So we are going to go out and we are going to see John get baptized. And this is also very symbolic of what's happened in his heart. You see, when we go out and whether you believe in a sprinkling of a baptism or a dipping down or whatever the case is, I'm not concerned about that. What I'm concerned about is that you see that that washing of the water is that it is it's it's a symbol of cleansing your heart. Now, the Bible says our heart is desperately wicked above all things. Desperately wicked. We are inclined to do evil. That's what the Bible says. I know our, our culture and our, our news and our media, they, everybody's good by nature. And we try to divide things up and put people in groups against each other. But no, guess what? God says one, there's one group of human beings on this earth and they are sinners that need a savior. Man has a dilemma. His main dilemma is sin, his sin nature. Paul says, I can't do anything but sin. No matter how hard I try, I keep falling back into the same thing again. What's going on? Why am I carrying this carcass of flesh around, of sinful flesh around? And then he just exclaims at the end of Romans 6, but praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who delivers us. He cleanses our hearts. So when we see John go down under the water today, that's a symbolism of the old life being washed away. The old life being nailed to the cross. And when when he comes out of the water, I want you to look at that's the most important thing. Because as he's coming out of the water, Jesus Christ came out of the grave. He rose from the dead. He rose. His body was lying dead for three days. His heart had stopped beating. His brain had stopped firing. All the synapses stopped. The lungs relaxed. There was no breath. There was no blood. There was no brain activity until that third day. Now he came alive. He stood up. And that glorious as the glory of his resurrection is the basis of our faith. The glory of his resurrection is the basis of our faith. Because Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead 
is the same spirit that works in us and makes our body, our members alive. Same thing. And so this is a symbolism of John going down and nailing the sins that, that are from his past, although he's been a Christian for a while. You're going to hear from him in a few minutes. But his sins are nailed to the cross. And your sins can be nailed to the cross. But you may not believe your heart is desperately wicked. What is God's standard? He's holy. Holy, holy, holy. It's like looking at the sun and putting God next to the sun. And the sun looks dark compared to the brightness of Christ. There's no way that I can over-exaggerate God's holiness. Therefore, he is good. He is loving. He cannot be a cruel God and be loving and holy. God is a God of justice, which means he's a good judge. The Bible says that each one of us, every one of us here is eternal. Do you know that? Do you know you are going to live for eternity? That means you will never die. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to die on earth once. You're going to die. Your body's going to be buried in the ground. But then there's going to be a resurrection when Jesus returns, both of the good and the bad. Good meaning those that are in Christ and the other ones bad, because I really should say bad, meaning the ones that are in Christ, because we're all bad. And the worst, because they don't have Christ. And you're going to stand before the Lord and he's going to compare your life to his holiness. And guess what, folks? I, I tell you right now, no one can stand before God. The Bible says there are none righteous. No, not one. So if you've lied, if you've stolen, these are, these are basics, right? You've looked with lust. The Bible says right there, you've already violated. Jesus said, you look with lust as a woman, it's a man. It's already as if you've already committed adultery. See, God's not just some tyrant. It's his character. He's holy. So he's got to be a good judge. So when you live, you're going to arise from the dead. And if you trust Christ in this life, which I'm pleading for you to do, to give him your sins, to come to him and say, Lord, I know I need a savior. I want to follow you. I may not know how to follow you, but I'm going to trust you. I believe in your resurrection. Your sins are wiped away. Delete button. Best button on the computer. Actually, I like Control-Z. Does everybody know what Control-Z does? You can just keep clicking it, clicking it, clicking it. But then there's a time where you click it after like 20 times and it's like, oh, it stopped. You see, there's going to be no more Control-Z after you die. Now, you know, I'm not going to sit here and scare you about death. You know what it is. You know, you know exactly what goes on in our world. We never know the day, the time. But I'll tell you right now, there's never a time better than now. Now is the day of salvation to trust Jesus Christ. And yes, he will make you alive. And you'll be born again. You'll be born from above. Your sins will be nailed past, present, future to the cross. And he will give you a new life. And I don't care how bad you are. I don't care what you've done. God will, his grace will overexceed your sin. But unless you repent, the Bible says, then not that judgment under God's justice, you'll be separated from him forever. We don't like to talk about hell. It's a scary thing. I don't like to preach about hell. 
I don't like to do that, but I don't want to face anybody here on that day. And you go, hey, wait, wait, there's that preacher. Wait a second. You told me all these cool things about, about like, I'm from the pulpit that day about life. You made me feel real good. Why didn't you tell me the truth? I don't want that day. I don't want that to happen. I'm telling you because I love you. I care about you. Trust the Lord. If you're born once, you just come out of the womb once, you will die twice. You'll have a physical death and you'll have that final death separated from God. But if you're born twice, you're born from the womb and then you're born again, you'll only die once. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that, although he, though you will die, I always get this wrong, the Bible says you will still live and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. John 11, do you believe this? I'm asking you, do you believe that? I encourage you to do that. Now I would like to invite Jonathan uh, at this time, hold on one second, John. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna build you up a little bit here. <laughs> I can attest to the faith of this man. He's, he's demonstrated it not in his righteous deeds. He's demonstrated it not in his desire to go to the mission field. He's demonstrated in the fact that he's become a broken man. He's become a, he, God has broken him and God has remade him. And so he said, I want to become baptized. I want to, I, want to, I want to say to the Lord, Lord, I believe your promise. I believe that you've saved me. I believe you're going to keep me. And I am going to show the world by becoming a part of your community. And so that's what he is going to, I believe, share a little bit about now. Maybe a little bit about that journey. I'm not sure what he's going to share. But Jonathan, why don't you come on up? Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you all for coming. Oh, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> um, I remember, I remembered as I was preparing for this, the first time and only other time that I've ever been up here to speak. Um, years ago, we used to do a Bible instruction class. I graduated at the end of eighth grade, I believe, which was four years ago now. Um, and each graduate at the end um, had to come up and, and say a part. And my part was to come up and recite the books of the Old Testament. So I remember practicing for weeks and weeks and weeks, all 39 books, I'd recite them to myself. My mom taught me this uh, jingle to get it stuck in my head to the point where I could recite it to you right now if I wanted to. Um, and I get up here, the mic was right here, and I get up and I'm ready to go. And I'm standing there in the first book, gone. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember it. I'm standing there for what felt like an hour until someone from the crowd yelled out, Genesis. <laughs> and I blurted out all 39 books, quickly sat down, and that was it. That was done. Um, so you can imagine how nervous I am now. But um, the message that Pastor Pat just shared, the message of the gospel, Jesus Christ coming to die for our sins and then being raised so that we can be saved it is really the center of Christianity. It's what makes a Christian a Christian. And that's usually the story of a testimony, someone finding that truth and then taking it as truth. And my testimony is no different. It's the same thing. It's gospel centered. But what I love about my testimony is that it sheds light on the parts that aren't always as emphasized in a testimony. 
Um, so as some of you know, I, I grew up going to this church, reading the Bible, praying, learning about God. I've, I've been coming here since the day I was born. <clears throat> and I could tell you for as long as I can remember the story of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. I never did know the gospel. I always did. My parents made sure of that. And I thank them for that today. <clears throat> but that's all it really was. It was just words. Right? If you asked me if I believed that that was true, I'd say yes. But again, that's it. That's all it was. It didn't really mean much to me. Um, and from my perspective, I had good reason for it not to. I lived a happy life away from God, even through most of my high school career. I had plenty of things that were going great for me. One of those things was football. Um, I played the sport my whole life, loved to play. Um, so when it came time for me to go to high school, naturally I wanted to go to a school that had a good team. And thankfully for me, Manalapan, which is the town I grew up in, had was known for football. Um, but based on my district and, and where I live, I was supposed to go to a different school. But no, I wanted to go to Manalapan. I was gonna get what I wanted, so I applied for a program at Manalapan that would allow me to attend there and later got in. And so I went to Manalapan, I played football my sophomore and junior years, and I had great seasons and, and I loved playing. I was expecting to have another great season my senior year. And so all was looking up. But that's not all I had going for me. No, at the ripe old age of 16, I had plans for after high school all figured out. Um, I knew I didn't want to go to college. I never enjoyed school, um, but I always had an amazing love for uh, animals and nature in general. Um, but more specifically, uh, I've always loved and still love reptiles. So I started a business breeding snakes. I had everything planned out in my head. Uh, over the entirety of last summer, over probably the course of four or five months, I gathered a breeding group to start breeding that would allow me to uh, produce hatchlings the following year and, and get things going. I, I was so confident in this plan that I poured the vast majority of my savings into it. Man, my parents were thrilled. <laughs> um, but yet again, I still had more going for me through uh, most of high school, I had uh, a, an amazing girlfriend who I cherished and held very close to my heart. This was someone uh, that I truly confided in. And so I had all these things going for me. Um, and so if you ask me, who is Jonathan Gell? These were the things that I would talk about. I would tell you uh, that I am a football player, that I am hopefully a future businessman or a reptile keeper, that I'm a, a boyfriend. Um, and so all these things were going great. And these are what I put my identity in. This is who I was. This is who I wanted to be. Um, and so what reason would I have to turn to God? All these things were going great. Um, from what I could tell, I didn't really need it. <clears throat> so time went on. The summer went well. Uh, things continued to progress, and then the first week of September hit, uh, right before my senior year started, and just like that, within a week, all three of those things, poof, gone, completely disappeared. Um, I quit football due to some unfortunate circumstances. Me and my girlfriend broke up, 
And then one morning I woke up to half the breeding group that I had spent a few months and thousands of dollars poured into, uh, had died due to a thermostat malfunction. Um, so all of a sudden, all these things that I put my identity in, all these things that I had worked so hard for were gone. And if you asked me now or then, John, who are you? I all of a sudden had no answer. There was nothing for me to give. Um, but thankfully, the Lord was faithful. And he had been working in me long before I ever realized it and long before I ever wanted him to. Um, so when I fell into this vulnerable place, I went to him. Like I said before, I grew up coming to church here. And this is something, although I didn't want to spend time in something that I knew well, um, and, and so I came here. Um, but I can remember one moment in particular uh, that stuck out then and sticks out now um, that re really drew me back here at that low point. Um, I remember my brother uh, two years ago after his sophomore year of college came home from school. Um, and now me being the younger brother, Naturally, I pay very close attention to him. Everything he does, I follow close behind. I look up to him greatly. And so he comes home from school, and now I could tell that's my brother, but something is very, very different. And I could tell it was a good different, and I wanted it, being that little brother. Uh, come to find out, between the last time I had seen him and when he had came home, he had given his life over to the Lord. Um, and so I remembered that in my low point and I ran to it because um, it really stuck out in my head. And that decision that the Lord graciously allowed me to make um, was one that really changed my life. I remember I started coming here and meeting with Pastor Pat, I started reading every day and making time to, to really spend with the Lord, to build a relationship with him. The one that I knew he always wanted to have with me. Um, and he continued to stay faithful. He gave me everything I needed to get through, uh, what I needed to get through, and continue to prosper even through that. Uh, but even after that, there was something that was still missing. There was something I just didn't get. Uh, this, this hole is still feeling of loss that I couldn't shake, no matter how easy the Lord made it for me to get through what had happened, I still couldn't answer that question, who am I? I still had nothing to give. Um, and that's when I stumbled on the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, this book is the account, or a account, of King Solomon, the wisest man in the world. And um, this is the account of his walk away from the Lord, his time apart from the Lord, trying to find meaning in life, using his wisdom to seek every avenue to try and find that meaning without the Lord. Um, and I have the book here in front of me, and, and he wrote a whole book on, on what he found, but from what I've read, it can really be summed up in just about one verse. Um, so let me read it to you here. It opens up by saying, the words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem, and then Solomon's opening words here are meaningless, meaningless says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Now, those are some pretty grim words, but those few lines really changed the way I looked at life with God and without him. Um, 
because this book showed me that life itself is utterly meaningless, as he said, without Christ. And the reason for that is, is one simple thing, whether it happens on a regular September week or 200 years after you die, everything that you work for in life, except for what you do in, life, in Christ, eventually goes. Um, I love the saying, you never see a U-Haul behind a hearst. <laughs> you, can't, you can't take any of this with you, unfortunately. There's, there's nothing physical that goes with you. But Christ did something amazing when, when he went up on that cross and died for us. Not only did he die for our sins so that we can have eternal salvation, but he also gave us a place for eternal purpose. He gave us something that can last past our death and past the deaths of those that we affect in our lives. And that purpose is to spread the message of salvation, to spread the gospel, to spread the message that allows us to enter his kingdom. And by doing that, we can fill the kingdom that he's built for us. And so that purpose goes on forever. It's completely eternal. It can't be broken. God is an eternal God. Nothing can tear him down. So nothing can tear down what we do for him. And so once I learned this, once, once I read Ecclesiastes, I was all in. I mean, why go back to rebuilding things on, on this earth when it could just be washed away just as easily? And, and I could spend 10, 20, 30, the rest of my life building something that is gone the day I die or before then. So I would much rather live for the Lord, spreading the good news of the word that he provided. That is completely eternal. So I encourage all of you, if you do not, if you're here and you do not know the Lord today, do not leave here without talking to someone. And more importantly, do not leave here without going to God. Do not go to sleep tonight without going to him. You're here for a reason. He's calling you all. I, I, I can know that for a fact. He's waiting here with open arms. Do not turn him away. Thank you. All right, before we head outside, um, I'd like to just issue you a challenge. First of all, if you have questions about God, about anything that was said here today, don't leave without talking to someone. I would love to speak with you, any of our elders, any, any of the people here from our church, or you can email us, text, whatever. The second thing is I challenge you to read the Bible for yourself. I mean, we have Gospels of John, Gospel tracts, but I would say get a Bible and read through the Gospel of John and ask the Lord to speak to you through it. See if, what, if these things are so. Don't take our word for it and do it. Thirdly, if God has, uh, has opened your, ha- your heart, he's opened your eyes, it's very simple. You cry out to Jesus. It's not about knowing about Jesus. It's about knowing Jesus. And so you need to come to him and say, Jesus, I want to know you. I'm putting this beside me and I'm coming to you. And that just starts with a prayer and a conversation between you and him. So with that said, I challenge you on those three things. What we're going to do now is uh, we're going to break and we're going to take five minutes for transition, okay? I'm going to change into my wetsuit 
Jonathan's going to change into his bikini. We're going to meet outside uh, at the tub. Just, just walk out the door and you'll go around the building. You'll see the tub out there and we'll have a baptism. And we invite you all to stay after for some food. Am I forgetting anything to announce? All right. There's a first time for everything. <laughs> Lord, we glorify you today, God. We pray that, this, um, that the word that went out today will change us and impact us. And uh, we just go before you now as we do this baptism in Jesus' name. Amen.